Hallelujah. 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 God, I believe. You see, I walk with eyes of faith and not the eyes of what my natural eyes can see. I believe his promises are yes and amen and they're more real than anything we're going through. I know that behind the scenes, the book's already written and the last chapter's already, the ink is already dried and he said, we've won, we've won, we've won. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know if you're with Christ, you've won, you've won. You've already run the battle. He said it's finished. It's already done. God sees the end from the beginning. I want you to know he's a way maker. Pastor, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I want to tell you, faith is not a feeling. You just got to simply believe that my God and your God is going to make a way. He says, rivers in the desert. He said, beauty for ashes. I want you to know he turns things around, upside down. Oh, I'm talking to you tonight. There's someone needs to hear this tonight. God's going to do it if you can just believe. Would you lift one hand to heaven and just say, God, I believe. I believe. I believe, God.
is the place, not, not necessarily just in this church. I'm talking about the presence of the Lord. It's whenever I get into the presence of the Lord, that's where I become the man that I was created to be. That's when I become the person that I was created to be. I searched for so long. I searched for so long an identity that didn't truly belong to me. I, I searched out every identity. I was a punk rocker. I was a metalhead. I was some raver kid who wore beads and honestly looked like a fruitcake. <laughs> I was a hippie. I didn't wear shoes for months. And I thought all this was going to be the thing that gave me my fulfillment. And every single time I headed down a different path, it led me to a dead end until I came into an apostolic church, until I got baptized in Jesus' name, until I got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I thank Jesus for what he's Jesus! 
to and touch my mind, touch my tongue to speak the word of God for this people tonight. In the name of Jesus, let your anointing go forth, let faith go forth. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. You'll forgive me. Um, it seems like every time I get my voice back, I throw it right back out after Antioch. I don't know what's going on. I want to tell you something that might be a shock. Revival is not coming. I'll say it one more time, that revival is not coming. Revival is here. Revival is now. There is no need to wait any longer. There is no need to be talking about a harvest that is yet to come. It is here and it is all around us. In John chapter 4 verse 35, Jesus said, say ye not... There are four months, and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look unto the fields, for they are white and ready to be harvested. (laughs) Revival is not on its way. The harvest is not around the corner. Revival is here, and it is now. Church, it is high time that we open up our eyes. The fields, there are fields that are ripe for harvesting. There are souls desperate for Jesus. But it's going to take us to go into those fields. And it's going to take us to reach for those souls. Jesus so, so, so desperately told his disciples in Matthew chapter 9 verse 37. Then he said unto his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. The laborers, where are they? There's so much to do. There's a revival all around, and yet there's not enough people to reach them. Who's going into the fields? Who's going to reach the lost souls right now? I, for one, church, I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines. I am ready. I'm ready to get my hands dirty in this harvest. I'm ready to start reaching souls. I'm ready to start preaching Bible studies, teaching people who don't know the word of God, the revelation that's found in this word right here. I'm ready to start seeing people get the Holy Ghost in the streets. And I prophesy to you right now that it is going to happen. Why not? Why shouldn't people get the Holy Ghost in the streets? Why do, you, why do we have this mentality that people need to get the Holy Ghost inside these four walls? Why do we think that people need to get deliverance from depression inside these four walls? I don't get it. I've been there too. I've thought this very same thing. If I can just get so-and-so to the house of God, everything will be taken care of. No! Pray for him. Pray for him right now. Begin to pray. God will deliver him now. 
Jesus said it even in verse 18 of Mark chapter 16. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Then pray. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Then witness. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really excited. And this is something that the Lord has really been touching and tugging on my heart ever since SOA. This is something that the Lord has really been speaking to me about all throughout us SOA. And I won't lie to you. Before SOA, I was struggling. I don't know about you, but I'm not scared to admit I was struggling. I was apathetic to the things of God. I could care less if I had them or if I had them. I said I wanted them, but my spirit and my actions really said that I could care less. My faith said that I could care less. I was struggling in my prayer life to have a consistent everyday time with the Lord. I was struggling. You can ask my wife. She said, what, what's going on? She said, do you even pray? And I told her I'm struggling. It's been hard right now. I'm trying to find the time. And yet everything, all these distractions keep pulling and, and tugging and yanking. I was struggling in reading the word of God. That wasn't every single day that I was in this word. I was struggling in simply believing the promises of God. And to be honest with you, I had a lot of doubts. But from the beginning of Wednesday night to Sunday morning, something changed. It broke in me. God has lit a fire in me, and I am not going to turn back, Gabe. I am not going to turn back. I will not lose this fire. I will not lose the things of God. All of the words, they were fantastic and they were beautiful and they were great. Jonathan preached an amazing word. Brother Robinette, Brother, Brother Billy, or Billy, Billy Wade, somebody said that the other night too. Brother Bobby Wade preached fantastic. Brother Hughes preached a masterpiece. All of the words were great. But it was during Friday morning when Brother Robinette was preaching. God spoke to me two things. He spoke to me two very profound things as he was breaking things down in my life and really showing me the areas where I had doubt and showing me how I could overcome them. And this was the first thing. He said, and I wrote it here in the, in the very front page of my Bible. He said this, he said, find a love for souls and you will never struggle with complacency or apathy again. Find a love for souls. Love people. And you will never struggle in your prayer life again. You will never struggle with the, with, with the desire to read the word of God. You will never struggle in believing the promises of God. All of those doubts will be dispelled. You see, if you find a love for seeing people's souls saved, it's going to drive you to prayer. If you're discipling someone, 
If you've taken someone by, by, the, by the arms and, and you say, come on, brother, come on, we're going to go this way, they're going to call you. And they're going to say, brother, I need you to pray. It's going to drive you to prayer. You're going to want to pray for them. Lord, give them the Holy Ghost. If you're not praying for yourself, you'll be praying for them. And you'll still be talking to God. If you have a love for teaching Bible studies, it's going to make you want to read the Word of God. How can you teach a Bible study if you don't know what the Bible says for yourself? How can I show someone revelation when I don't understand it myself? How can I lead someone whenever I'm blind myself? If I find a love for teaching Bible studies, opening up the Word of God, I'm going to have to wind up reading this book at some point. And if I want my Bible studies to be any kind of good, I better be reading this thing every single day. If you have a love for souls, it's going to push you into intercession. It's going to push you into the things of God. If you find a love for souls, it's going to push you to that deep place where you touch the heart of God and God begins to pray through you. You see, for so long there for a while, I had been... I realized this. I had been fretting and focusing on future ministry. I had been trying to build a ministry that doesn't exist yet. I was trying to reach in the future for people I had never seen or met. Oh, when I get on the mission field, I'll be a better soul winner. I'll be a soul winner then. When I get to Mongolia, Brother Jonathan, that's whenever I'm going to love people. That's whenever I'm going to teach Bible studies. But not until then. Oh, whenever I become an evangelist, that's whenever I'll be a real minister of the gospel. Can I tell you something? That none of these things matter if you're not doing them here. If you don't have a love for souls here, in this church, in this community, if you don't have a love for souls, for just let alone for the people that are around us right now, if we can't love each other, I'm telling you one thing, man, you're going to go to Mongolia, and, and this is nothing against Brother Jonathan, this is against me, he's been trying to get me to go to Mongolia with him. But I'll wind up going to Mongolia, and I'll wind up still feeling the same way about people as I do here. Nothing's going to change, it's just the destination. Your ministry is not going to change. It's just the destination. All the while, I had these thoughts of grandeur of a future ministry somewhere far in the distance. And all the while, there are people here that I need to be loving. There are people here in this church that need prayer. How am I going to pray for somebody Whenever I'm in Mongolia and I can't pray for someone right now. There are people in this city that need a Bible study. There are people in this city 
that need deliverance. There are people in this city that need the chains of addiction broken off of them. And most of all, and I know this might sound selfish, but it's true for me anyways. Maybe the Lord will have to deal with me on this at some point. But there are people in my family that need the Holy Ghost. There are people in my family that need the Holy Ghost. My dad needs the Holy Ghost. My mom needs to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Everyone in my granny's house needs to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How can I go to Mongolia and expect to see hundreds and thousands and millions filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and yet I can't even see my own family filled with the Holy Ghost? Yet, while people all around me are heading straight to hell, I am focused on a church, on a city, on a nation, and a people that are in the future. There are people all around me. I make contact with people every day. How many of them know Jesus? And I don't love them enough to say, hey man, have you heard about Jesus today? Has somebody tried to tell you about him? See, I like, I like Brother Joe. Man, he's so cool. We went, on, we went into, his, into his shop on Saturday, man, and uh, he's sitting there making teas for everybody, and the whole outreach team walked in there, and he instantly stopped this. He said, before we take any more orders, this young lady right here needs prayer. So we went over there, and we prayed for her. And then we started again, and then somebody walked in, and he said, hey, y'all, I need y'all to meet my friend. And she was here on Sunday. I need y'all to meet my friend. And he started ministering to her. And he asked us to pray for her. We prayed for her. We've offered, a, offered her a Bible study. And I'm expecting to see a Bible study come from that. I'm believing that whatever ails her, is going, she's going to be delivered from. She told me that she doesn't have the Holy Ghost. But she would like it. And I prophesied to you today that she's going to be receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. James 4, 13 through 14. Um, it says this. Go now. Go to now, ye, say, ye that say... Okay, hold on. I'm, I read that backwards. Sorry. Dyslexia. Go to now, ye say, ye that say, I'm sorry, I'm just going to skip over. Today. (laughs) Listen, you people that say this, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such city and continue there a year and buy and sell it and get gain. And I know he's talking about buying and selling, but I'm talking about ministry right now. And, I, and forgive me if, if this is wrong to do, Pastor. But, but I think right here, why, why should we say today or tomorrow, that's when I'll go and be a minister? If you're called to the ministry, start ministering now. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then it vanishes away. What is your life? 
I know you feel called to a mission field. I know you feel called to evangelism. I know you feel called to whatever it is that you feel called to do. Whether it be ministry in this church or whether it be ministry in another place. I know you feel called. And God placed that calling on your life for a reason. But what is life that God can't just say tomorrow that he's coming back and the rapture is going to happen? In that case, how many people have I reached if I've been waiting to start my ministry in Mongolia? If I've been waiting to start my ministry in Africa? If I've been waiting to start my ministry in Europe? How many people have I reached? How many people have I shared the gospel with? How many people have received the gift of the Holy Ghost? How many people have heard about Jesus? I wonder how we would start living our lives if we begin to start thinking this. In this way, Jesus could come back in 30 seconds. What if I knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow at midnight? What would I do with my time all day tomorrow? Would I start telling people about Jesus? Or would I say, I'm going to wait until an hour before he comes back. And then people are really going to believe me, right? Because that's what's going to, for whatever reason, I don't know what that would do. That'll make me a minister. <laughs> or am I going to start, to start going nonstop right now? I'm going to knock on every door. I'm going to call every family member. I'm going to call every friend and tell them, Jesus is coming back. You need to get into the church. You need to get into the ark. You need to get out of this city of Sodom. You need to get with Jesus right now. Am I going to call every person? The second thing that the Lord spoke to me is this, and I shared this on, uh, on Sunday when pastor asked me to. And this is what the Lord told me. I was standing right up here at the altar after the Lord spoke to me the first thing. And the Lord said this. He said, if this church will get a hold of what was preached and imparted at, at Spirit of Antioch, that in a year or two, we'll be having Miracle Sunday down there at that football stadium. I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. We're going, uh, Sister, Sister Amy and Brother Michael, uh, Maddie and Lexi and I and, and Katie, we're all going to, to Brazil here, here after a while. And we're prophesying that there's going to be a day of Pentecost in Brazil. Why can't there be a day of Pentecost in Catoosa, Oklahoma? I prophesy to you right now in the name of Jesus that there will be over 3,000 people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost in a single service in Catoosa, Oklahoma. We're going to see it. But it's going to take everyone. We are going to see it. But we're going to need all hands on deck. It can't just be me. It can't just be Pastor. It can't just be Gabe. It's got to be from the... From the, from, the, from the biggest among us to the smallest. 
It's got to be everyone from Bishop to the youth group. We need all hands on are going to have to get serious about soul winning. We're going to have to get serious about this soul winning business. We need to get it into our core. Our time is too short and our harvest is too big that we cannot afford to be content with just having good church. Bobby Wade preached about that. We can't be content with just having good church. It's great. I love it when we jump. I love it when we shout. We cannot afford to be content with seeing each other delivered or healed just so that we can come back next week and do it all over again. If we can get excited about this, Sunday morning will no longer be a therapy session for saints. If we can get excited about this, this thing's going to be a celebration. We're going to come in here praising the Lord. We're going to come in here thanking God for the miracles that we've seen throughout the week. Now don't get me wrong, I like good church. I like all the shouting. I like all the dancing. I like the hooting and hollering. And I even like some of y'all's yodeling. But it has got to be more than just Sunday and Wednesday. If we are expecting to see a move of God in our cities. If we are expecting to see a move of God in our families. If we are expecting to see a move of God on our jobs and in our schools. It's got to be more than Sunday and Wednesday. It's got to go beyond the four walls of this church. We've got to start having good church everywhere that we go. I want to be more like Brother Curtis. And I hope he's okay with me saying this. This man's teaching Bible studies on his job. People are getting a Holy Ghost in a paint booth. That's not church. That's not these four walls. Yes, somebody's getting a Holy Ghost at his job. I like what I heard one preacher say one time. He said, I am a walking revival. And church, let me tell you that I'm going to start living my life in a way that I too will be a walking revival. <sighs> Pastor, there was something that you said to us at, at an SOA music practice um, one time this year. And this is what you said, and it stuck with me. Ever since you said it, you said that whenever we were on this platform to sing and to play, that our first mission was to praise and to worship and to serve God. Our second was to minister to the people in the congregation. And our third 
was to minister to each other. Myself is taken out of the equation. Whatever else is left after that point, that's what I'll receive. God, give me the scraps. Let them have the firsts. And pastor, I want to tell you something. That's how I want to start living my life every day. My personal prayer time is where I'm going to be filled up at. My personal prayer time in my house, that's where I'm going to be. That's where I'll receive. But let me tell you something, church, whenever I leave my house, this is the way that I'm going to start living my life. The first thing that I want to do is serve Jesus any way that I can. <laughs> Secondly, I want to minister to everyone that I come in contact with. I want to witness and to pray and to teach. Thirdly, I want to, witness, I want to, I want to minister to my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And if the Lord has anything for me to receive after all of those things, then that'll be my focus. But first, I want him to be served. I want to minister to the world. And I want to minister to you fine people. At any point after that, that's when I'll receive. Anything after that, that's when I'll focus on myself. I want to stand up here, and I, I made this declaration to you, Pastor, but I want to, and the only reason that I'm doing this is because I want to be held accountable. Uh, if you, any of you ever see me slipping, and I, I struggled with, with, with even making this declaration up here, I don't want to bring pride to myself. I don't want to say this in pride. I just want to be held accountable. I'm going to start living my life with the focus of souls in mind before anything else. I want to be a soul winner at this point in my life like I've never reached for souls. But I want to reach for the city of Catoosa. I want to serve this church like I have never served this church before. And if anybody sees me slipping in those things, tell me. Say, hey man, you got to get back on track, man. You got to become a soul winner. You got to start doing something, man. I, I ask you this question. I ask you this one question, and this is for me too. Don't think that this isn't for me. I've just told you all about my struggles and my, my, my shame. So this is for me, but I ask you a question. Who are you discipling? Who are you discipling? Is there someone that you've placed your arm around and said, come on, brother, come on, sister, you can make it. Who are you discipling? Towards the beginning of the year, Brother Hughes preached in this pulpit. And he said that if everyone here would find someone to disciple, that our church would double in a year. <laughs> Go figure. It has been at least three months since he's preached that. And why haven't I found someone to disciple yet? Have you found someone to disciple yet? Who are we reaching? There are over 7,000 people living in the city of Catoosa. Who am I reaching? The average person comes into contact or, 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 or has 16 different interactions per day with different people. I come in contact with 16 different people a day. Who am I reaching? Surely not all 16 of those people have the Holy Ghost. If we can stand.
as the musicians come, I have one last scripture. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This power is not so that I can say, I can lay my hands on somebody and then I can walk, or walk away and say, Pastor, man, whenever I prayed for that person, they were delivered to drugs. This power is not so that I can lay my hands on someone and get puffed up that they, that they received the Holy Ghost in a church service. This power is not so that I can covet the gifts of the Spirit, yet not covet the ministry that Jesus wants to do with them. This power is so that you can be a witness. This power is so that you can reach souls. This power is so that you can reach the lost.
to the people on your job. I would, I would ask you, come to the front. These altars are open. God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He's going to pour his spirit out on us. He's going to empower us to be witnesses in this city, on our jobs, in our schools. He's going to empower us to reach the lost. He's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh.